Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dead and Married. I'm Travis. And I'm Ashley. I'm Izzy. And this week, we are handling a friend request. Well, it's yes. not a friend request. It's a request from a friend. Are we really handling it, though? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> we're, we're doing we're one? We're doing a friend request. <laughs> Somebody requested us to do this movie, so we're doing this damn movie. Someone did. Megan did. <laughs> Megan did. I knew that. Yeah, uh, we got we got to meet our our friend Megan for the first time at a Texas Frightmare weekend a few months ago, and Travis put her on the spot. He was like, "Hey, what should we do next?" <laughs> I mean, was, I wasn't there. I think I was in the restroom. It was fantastic because <laughs> it was a total ambush. It was like, "All right, so when we come back, what are we doing?" And yeah, she was hesitant. <laughs> Much like yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, it was. I don't like when people do that to me either. So, so I'm sorry. <laughs> so that I did that. Yeah. Um, this was a this was not a movie that we'd really seen that many times. I think um, I think we had watched it once or twice because we know that it is a favorite of Lala's, and we know that it's a favorite of John Paul's. So we were like, well, I guess we better watch it to see what all the fuss is about because this is not one that I grew up with at all and naturally if it's not one that i watched you didn't watch it and i think aiden had watched it with us the first time but i think it, this might have been izzy's first time today was it or had you seen it before i've seen it before you had so this was what like your second or third time to watch it or probably okay so isabel asked if she could join us today for this recording session so everybody give a warm welcome to izzy yay Hi. I think this is the first time you've ever really been on the show. Other than saying booty, booty, booty and snot shakes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, first, first kind of thoughts, impressions on it. So, I think my my first impression was, what did I just watch? <laughs> I think because mm-hmm. uh, I, I watched it, but I didn't really watch it. I think. I decided that I kind of liked this movie on the second go-round. Because mm-hmm. I really wasn't paying attention much on the first one. I don't know. There may have been something going on. But um, I was distracted. And so first impression was like, eh, it's just sort of a, it's just a B-movie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of goofy. Um, some overacting, like just over-the-top stuff. But yeah, I think that, that was the first impression. Okay. How about you, Isabel? Um, so... I don't think I watched much of it the first time, but I I kind of like this movie. I do like the movie, but it's like weird, but I like the movie at the same time. So <laughs> Okay, so you so know. you like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this movie's not kind of not your really your speed cuz you're a big anime fan. <laughs> yeah, I do like horror stuff too, but I walked in there, I'd be like, oh, mom's watching another horror thing. Might as well join on. But usually if it's something too scary, I don't watch it. And I was like, oh, this has clowns in this and it looks funny. I'm going to watch it. Mm. So you're not scared of clowns? Mm, uh, <laughs> I have opinions. You have opinions? I have thoughts. What are your thoughts on clowns? Ugh, just no. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> I so, think that's so my reaction at your age, too. Who's scarier, Isabel? These clowns or Art the Clown? Probably Art the Clown. What about um, Pennywise? 
Pennywise is okay. I usually stay inside anyways, so <laughs> I can't get hurt. I You're not playing around any storm drains? You're probably uh -oh. all right? Okay. <laughs> it's not going to rain anytime soon. What do you mean? That's a fact. <laughs> okay. So, Ash, what was your first impression? Uh, I, we talked about this off mic. I'm afraid I'm going to possibly hurt some feelings. <laughs> Uh, I, when you and Aiden watched it the first time, I actually fell asleep. And then the second time I tried to watch it, I fell asleep again. <laughs> so I was kind of convinced that maybe this movie wasn't for me necessarily. But of course, if, if somebody asks us to do a film, of course, we're going to cover it. And this being Megan, who's the, such an incredible friend to us, it was kind of a no brainer. Um, I still, at the end of the day, don't think this movie is for me necessarily, but I can definitely understand why people love it as much as they do, especially if this is a film that you grew up with. And I think that's part of my problem was that I didn't. And I, I tend to, I mean, it's not that I don't like turn off your brain, have fun movies, because there's plenty of them I love. I think uh, this one just didn't resonate with me for some reason, and I'm not entirely sure why. Well, it is, it's definitely a departure from what you would normally pick. Yes. Yeah, I tend to kind of lean more serious fare. Yeah. You can do horror movies that have some comedy in it, but this is very much a comedy horror. Where yes. I think comedy comes first, mm -hmm. and the horror components are sort of secondary to that. Yeah, I think we, we've had that discussion before, um, particularly with some of the kind of horror comedies we've already covered. Those are usually the ones you like and I don't necessarily like. Like Deathgasm. Right. Or still Psycho awesome. Gorman, or yes. I I don't know. It's like yeah, I I guess you hit the nail on the head. I like I like uh, ugh, you like can't a, talk. you like a little comedy with your horror, not the yes. other way around. Yes, yes, exactly. That's okay. You can be wrong. It's fine. <laughs> but we also thought, you know, this is, especially this being a film that the uh, Kyoto brothers are heavily, heavily involved in their, their movie. Um, we kind of knew that this would be something Isabel might actually embrace a little bit. Because if Isabel's going to watch horror movies, you tend to do like Chucky and Leprechaun and, you know, more the kind of <laughs> safe for kids horror films yeah. critters those are like some of the movie films that i know have some comedy in them but uh usually i'm used to the ones that moms watch not moms that mom watches that are like texas chainsaw massacre where she's wearing a shirt on right now i am and like nightmare on elm street stuff like that but I actually did really like this movie. It's just the fact that it's a little weird. <laughs> it is definitely a little weird. <laughs> Some choices were made. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 like I like I said. I can see how if this is a film you grew up with, how it would be how it would be fun. I guess because if I remember right, I think Aiden pretty pretty much enjoyed this one. Yeah, Aiden enjoyed it too. But he's like me. He I like my comedy with a little horror. So. And it is funny. Okay. It's funny. It's very slapstick. Yes. Uh, and that, that appeals to the uh, sixth grade boy at me. 
So uh, before we get into our specs, I uh, want to go ahead and issue a spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space, I believe we watched it on Prime. It's available on there. Uh, yeah, but not for much longer. I think it's only oh, up for... 12 more days. A few more days, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. But, you know, I'm sure it's, it's places to rent or whatever, but... Pretty sure I saw it on Tubi. It, well, yeah, uh, Tubi is really good about carrying lots of stuff, but... um. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Um, but if you don't mind hearing spoilers, then let's get into it. Okay, so this movie was made in 1988. Review-wise, well, not review necessarily, but your scores. IMDb, it's a 6.2 out of 10. Is that higher than you thought it would be? What would you say it was? I'm sorry. I was lost for a minute. 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Mm, slightly above average. 43 on Meta. Mm. 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Color me surprised. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a cult classic. Well, yeah, it is definitely. So as we mentioned before, the Kyoto brothers were involved. It was directed by Stephen Kyoto. I don't know that all three of them were involved in the directing of this film. He's the only one that's credited for that. But for writing credits, Charles Stephen and Edward Kyoto are all credited. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, uh, according to IMDb, Edward is uncredited on the film itself. But he's credited there. So that's pretty much it. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty, the Kyoto brothers were involved in almost every aspect of this film, I think. Right. Um, there were some other folks involved, but it's not, not to be a jerk, but it's not like K and B were doing the effects on this, so. Oh, come on. <laughs> the Kyoto brothers have done so much fucking amazing work. They have done a lot of work, but they weren't, as, but like your special effects and stuff, I didn't see them credited. It was all other people. Oh, okay. I see. I, but they have done a ton of effects work on other things. Yeah. Like I, critters. I bet that they worked on this too. May have. May have. Anyway, point being, I didn't write all those people down because I had never <laughs> heard of them before. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, most of the most of this, the uh, budget for this film, I think you said it was $2 million, was spent on production costs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So most of the, the clown effects and all the stuff, they were, all, the makeup effects were done on the cheap. And I feel like they did a pretty good job. They did. I like I the mean, clowns. Some of them, some of the effects are dated, obviously. And the, it, But you, you guys know how I feel about that. I've always said that stop motion is... Is a thing that just has a certain charm about it. it but I, I know to probably older viewers, um, I'm not older viewers, younger viewers, younger than us anyway, are going to watch that and maybe be taken out of the film because they're like, oh, stop motion. Oh, it's so terrible. But I, I'm i not one of those people. I, ha- I actually happen to think that it looks pretty great. So there was supposed to be another sequence of stop motion with Clownzilla. Or King Clown or whatever mm-hmm. at the end, but they ran out of money. Oh, okay. That's how it ended up being a guy in a suit instead of a stop motion sequence. Gotcha. So, what did you think about the effects, Isabel? Mm-hmm. The clowns and stuff, their makeup and their costumes. Then I am going to be honest. Their their costumes are kind of goofy looking, but um, I didn't really look at the effects. But there's this one part in the movie that's like my favorite. And it's where the one of the little clowns shows up with his bike, and then um, they're all making fun of him, and then he smashes his bike, and then he, like, <laughs> shoots his head off. It's like, oh, my gosh. And I didn't know if that was, like, an effect or, like, a mannequin head, but I thought that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I like that sequence, too. So, um, let's see. I guess we kind of just jump into the film and do the cast as we go. So, Ash, mm-hmm. what did you think about the story? Uh, I do 
don't necessarily think it was anything to write home about. It's, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's, it's a fun story. Um, it's, you know, it's not anything we haven't heard of before, you know, or space, spacecraft lands or meteor lands and somebody goes to find out what's going on. And then, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a story we've kind of heard more than once. So, but I mean, as far as it goes, it's fine. I wouldn't say there's really any real character development. We don't spend a lot of time getting to know any characters. Um, they're all kind of pretty one-dimensional, I think. Yeah, they all kind of play to their stereotypes. I mean, I guess. there is one kind of character arc with was it Mike and Dave yeah. and their relationship that kind of unfolds throughout. But there's characters that you think that are going to be set up to be main characters, such as, Travis doesn't have this stuff pulled up, such as uh, Mike's girlfriend and I actually do her name's Debbie Stone she's played by Suzanne Snyder thank you there you go <laughs> and Mike his full name that they never say is Mike Tobacco yes I remember reading that in the credits thinking Tobacco and he's played by, by uh, Grant Kramer and then the boyfriend you talked about he's the the ex-boyfriend yeah he's a police officer named Dave Hansen uh, played by John Allen Nelson yeah so what'd you say the girlfriend's name is again <laughs> Debbie Debbie okay so she just, I thought she was going to have a little bit more to do, but she's really just in a few scenes and that's it. Even though she's kind of made out to be like a main character. She's kind of a damsel in distress until she gets captured. Mm. And then she's still sort of a damsel in distress. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't... She just can't talk because she's in a beach ball. Yeah, I don't know that they really give her anything to do. It just, it feels like it's more of Mike and Dave's show, I guess. Yeah, you kind of start off as... Um, I don't, it's really just the typical plot of an alien invasion film. Mm-hmm. You know, people see some people see a, a strange thing in the sky. They go to investigate. Hijinks ensue, and then good triumphs over evil at the end. Yeah. Um, but were you expected to kind of go with uh, Mike and Debbie, where you know he saves her or whatever? Where they're the two main characters? It almost turns into kind of a buddy cop movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you know they they they're kind of presenting this thing to us with this. A triangle like this love triangle you know where there's going to be some conflict there and then there really isn't in fact by the time we get to the end of the movie I was like with some weird vibes about where this relationship between the three of them was going to go yeah Mike and Dave are <laughs> hugging on each other and kind of leaving her out of it no like Dave kisses her on the head and I'm like okay they just didn't gonna all be friends or <laughs> they all gonna color together <laughs> why can't we be friends <laughs> so that's as far as i will elaborate on yeah. that with tiny years in the room <laughs> yeah it's a little it's a little strange it does not end the way i expected it to with those three right yeah exactly i just felt like maybe they should have played that conflict up a little bit more even if that is in itself a little derivative too yeah yeah but you can't that's where you expect it to go like you really think that either Mike is going to die and Dave gets her back, or Dave dies and Mike's with Debbie and Debbie's like, oh, sad, ex-boyfriend's dead. Yeah, I, I don't know. Where it- you know, Dave goes out a hero or whatever, but it just didn't. Isabel, what did you think about the story? Um, I have very much mixed feelings because, yes, what all moms said was true about, like, like, why did Dave kiss her on the head? I even saw that part, and it's like, what? Because there's some parts in there that just don't make sense, but I like the movie. It's just that 
I don't think they knew. I mean, they knew what they were doing when they make the movie, but when they put in certain parts, it's like, why would you do that? And you're probably very very sad about what happened to Pooh Bear, right? Uh, I didn't remember what happened to Boo Pooh. Pooh. I was about to say Boo Boo Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Pooh the dog. I didn't really see what happened. Um... The only dog that I know of right now is that one, but I didn't really see it that much because I probably wasn't paying attention for that part. And I know the squeaky balloon dog. I love him. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did like the balloon dog. Mm. Um, So, Isabel, this is way, way, way before your time, but was I the only one getting Jed Clampett guy, uh, getting Jed Clampett from the old guy? Like vibes? <laughs> no, I did too. I think I said something about that the first time we watched this, and you were like, that's not the guy that played Jid Clampett. Because like, it's not. I know that it's not the guy who played Jid Clampett, but you look at him and you go, but he could have. Well, because he's out there in like his farmer's outfit, and he's got his hound dog and his shovel, and you're you're looking for, you're waiting for him to go look for Bubbling Crude. Yeah, and his his screen name is Farmer Gene Green. I wonder, you got Mike Was tobacco. his nickname Mean? Yeah, I don't, maybe he's Mean Gene Green. Green Bean. But anyway, he was played by Royal Dano, and Royal Dano was in a ton of westerns. His his filmography is extensive. Um, a lot of stage and a lot of uh, TV and stuff like that. But yeah, he just kind of gave off that Beverly Hillbillies vibe. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. But yeah, and the sequence that you're talking about is where he he's, I guess, the first one to make it to the big top tent that gets popped up where the... The uh, alleged comet or whatever crashes, and the the little dog gets snatched up, and then he gets snatched up. So, and we never find out what happened to them. I mean, we do well, with the do. old guy. Like I think he says, you know, when they uncovered the cocoons, he said, you know, it was this kid that they knew and some old guy. Right, right. Mean Joe Green. <laughs> nah, he sells you Asuzus. Um, that's before your time. Yeah. But, but it's really just one of those chaos in, in Sue's films, like Gremlins. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's a lot like that. Or Critters. Or Critters, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> we never reuse material, but it seems a lot like Critters. So moving on into performances, because you had mentioned there, you thought there was some overacting a bit. Yeah, and it's mostly the, the Terenzi brothers. Yes. They're, they're a lot. Yes. Those two guys are a lot. Now, they are a good a good chunk of the comedy, and I feel like the chemistry between those two worked. They were able to play off of each other really well, but that's because they were a comedy duo before they were cast in this really? film. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they were already a, did stand-up together before this, which is the reason they play off of each other yeah, so Yeah, I was well. going to say, they, they had very good chemistry. Yeah. Like, they yeah. had known each other for a long time. That's cool. But their acting chops, uh, it, it was comical. <laughs> Pun intended, I guess. Yeah. But... There were, there were a lot. And then Debbie, there's a few lines like her eyes get really big and she's trying to be really serious. Uh-huh. And it's a little, it's a little much, but it's, it's supposed to be. Right. It doesn't, it didn't take me out of it. it. Being over the top is part of what makes it hilarious. I really feel like only two of the characters really played it straight in the entire film. And that was Dave and Mooney. Yeah, so Curtis Mooney was played by John Vernon. I've seen John Vernon in several things. Uh-huh. And he does a lot of voice work because he has he does have a very distinctive voice. But he's always an asshole. <laughs> he's a jerk I'm gonna have in to everything look at, he's in. Yeah, I'm going to have to look at his credits because I, I kept sitting there going, I know that I have seen him somewhere yes. and I cannot put well, my finger on Well, even in IMDb, it. It, they say that he's almost always cast as a villain. Yeah. So... 
yeah, that's that's kind of what I got from the acting. I, I don't know. But you've got acting where it's bad and it takes you out of the film. Yes. And then you've got acting that it's so bad it's funny, like The Room. Right. I did not. Right. <laughs> and I kind of feel like this is where this one, that one sort of falls. The acting is way better I, than it is in The Room. I was going to say, I don't think this is that bad. It's not that bad. But it's another one where I don't, it, it kind of lends to the charm of the film. Right, right, right. Exactly. What did you think about the acting, Isabel? Um, so when you said that thing about how you like, um, how Debbie was trying to be serious with her eyes and stuff, so it reminded me, for some reason, it just came into my mind from a scene from Bluey, where it's, I talk about Bluey too much, okay, (laughs) where, uh, basically, Bluey's mom is like... They make this whole neighborhood in their house with all these couch cushions, and basically Bluey's dad is being too loud, and so Bluey's mom just goes over, and he's like, can you please fix my roof, because he, like, knocked it down or something, and then did this weird eye thing where she was just like, and, (laughs) um... Then Bluey needed to do that to Bingo because Bingo, she had moved her like whole animal animal zoo into there or something, <laughs> and I don't know. You're I getting just way off that. topic. I know. <laughs> I like Bluey. Okay. Yeah, we watch a lot of Bluey in this house, and I had never. I've still I never heard, watched an episode. I heard you talk about it a lot. I heard London talk London about it. London loved Bluey, yeah. And I think the first time I ever watched it, I, I forget which one it was, but what they were talking about I was like, man, this is some heavy subject matter for a cartoon. What? I don't remember. And then Aiden said there was one episode where they're dealing with the mom losing a baby or something like that. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm, I'm like, just sitting here going, why that's the a F lot. are we talking about Bluey right that's now? That's a lot for a cartoon. Because Bluey is special. I mean, I get it. They're trying to tackle these subjects in a way that kids can understand, but wow. Why don't you tackle losing your homework okay. <laughs> or something? Let's get back on track. Okay. Do I need to find my so, GPS? And <laughs> <laughs> So I thought about the acting. Some of it was, yeah, kind of a little bit dumb, but the acting was kind of really good. But some of it was just like... Again, like, why Why did you do that? So you're basically saying what me and your dad are. It's, it's yeah. somewhere in the middle. Yeah. yeah sometimes it's not the worst you've ever seen, but it's not the best you've ever seen. But there were some times where it looked like Debbie was trying to master the Tyra Smize. <laughs> <laughs> We've watched way too much Top Model in this house. <laughs> I still don't know what a Smize is, but yeah, it was a little, little weird. Stop saying Smize, Gretchen. It's never going to happen. <laughs> we also watch Mean Girls. <laughs> Okay, so... How about you, Ash? <laughs> I think I already talked about it. Like No, we talked about Bluey. <laughs> and smizing. I'm smizing at you right now. I didn't talk about it. I did not. You did not. I did not. Uh, it, I'm, there's nothing else I can say that you haven't already said. I basically feel the same way. It, it wasn't the worst I've ever seen. It's not the best I've ever seen. It, it was serviceable. And like you said, for the type of film that it is... I feel like they, everybody did what they were supposed to. You yeah. know, it's kind of like, you know, we talked about Creepshow last week, uh, The Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill, where he's just kind of over the top reacting to this meteor hitting, you know, meteor shit. And this is kind of the same way. It's it's not meant to be taken seriously. It's kooky. It's funny. You know, I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, one part that I did find hilarious is is the scene that you guys have already brought up about a uh, dude getting his not his block knocked off. I do like the one guy's reaction to it where he's like, "Damn." <laughs> 
Yeah, he's <laughs> like that's your reaction to someone getting decapitated in front of you. Damn. Just, Damn. I know. <laughs> Um, I will say, though, that I think the performances of the clowns themselves are adorable. I did very much enjoy the clowns themselves. The human characters, eh, what are you going to do? But It's always the humans that screw it up. Right. But the clowns, I thought, were, were fun and they were absolutely adorable. Well, I, I know we're going to talk about this at the end, but a scene that stands out for me in particular is when they're in the convenience store and they're going through all the products like the the, the powder and the shaving cream. and They're that, in a pharmacy. Whatever. It's a store. A pharmacy is still a store. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I they had these little, I feel like everybody kind of had, as far as the clowns go, they kind of had their own little characteristics. And I'm going to say probably that Shorty is my favorite. And one of the things I noticed is his ears wiggle. Like they stick out. And I was trying to see if any of the other clowns' ears wiggled like that. And they don't. So I thought that was a cute little quirk that that one had. I noticed that his ears wiggled too, but I never noticed that the other clowns don't. Yeah. But, you know, I liked the little sneezing bit, and I, I don't know, the whole thing, yeah, they did great, I thought. They were performed very well. So, I have to make a little message, a little funny, funny fun. Um, so, where the dude's head got blasted off, um, <laughs> he, like, he started cursing, and I was like, well, I would have been so confused, I would have started stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Help me, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Help me over Winfrey. I just, um, I don't know. Some of the acting in these old movies are so fake. Like, somebody would stub their toe. There's this one video where, like, this person stubs their toe, and then a few minutes later, they're just At least, you know, where, like, where she gets it. Yeah. And uh, that's how it is. Basically, they react so so slow it's so weird it's just like i hate you a couple days later he has he hate me oh no oh my gosh okay uh i think you guys already touched on special effects so i yeah we can we do we did briefly yeah so yes there like i said we've already talked about stop motion and how i think that that part is great but I kind of like the, I mean, I don't feel like it was explored enough. Maybe that's part of my problem. But I kind of liked this little bit of world building that we did with their spaceship and kind of, you know, what the purpose of the cocoons is and what they do with them and how all of the things that you would think are unsuspecting objects or inanimate objects have a life of their own and also perform tasks. So I thought that was really neat, too. And one of my favorite things and favorite effects is the living popcorn. I thought that was really cool. I liked the popcorn. Uh, I'm with you there. I really enjoyed the set design for the, the ship itself, the uh, the clown ship or whatever, the big top. I, I enjoyed that, that they gave it character. It wasn't just a generic inside of a spaceship mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, they made it clownish? I don't know. <laughs> you don't say. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and I really enjoyed the props. Like, everybody had a little gun, or they uh -huh. had the boxing gloves, or the big hammer, which that scene was creepy with the hammer. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll probably talk about that later. But I enjoy it that, yeah, that they gave them personality, and they gave, I don't know, it's hard to say. It's not lore, necessarily, but they gave you more than just, here's some people in a suit in a generic spaceship and generic things that they used to 
whatever. And right. that they did give them an assortment of weapons that they used to take people out or yeah. capture them or whatever. I thought that was really cool. I like it when I get variety. Right. It's the spice of life. <laughs> so about what Dad was saying... Um, I did like the tent. I thought that was actually pretty cool. But the thing is, if I ever went into one of those, I I ran away immediately. But, um, Mom would have loved to go in one of those in real life. Like, if they had one of those at, like, a real theme park. Um, except for the cotton candy part, that would be terrifying. But that would honestly be really cool. It looked like one of those real, like, clown escape rooms that you go through or something. I can't remember what I call them. I liked the look of the cotton candy, too. Because, like, you know, at first glance, it looks like it's just felt. And I I did make... I crocheted a doll of Slim for Lala, and I decided that I was going to make one of the cocoons for her, too. And I remember thinking, okay, this just kind of looks like a light bulb, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I basically felt it a light bulb. Um, but I like that, yes, it looks like it there, but when you go to peel it off, like when it's revealed that there's people in these, it really does look like kind of hardened cotton candy. Like it looks like it has that same effect. So I thought that was really cool. Like cotton candy that got a little wet. Yeah. Or it was too humid. Yeah, exactly. But then, you know, when Dave's investigating the truck of the, the boy that went missing, you know, the glasses in the, in the seat and stuff and how it looked all like a spider web. That was really cool too. I got Spiderweb vibes from it, too. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. And you you got that feeling like, this movie is so sticky. It's so sticky everywhere. It's it like a, It's like a dorm it's like room a floor. It's like a movie theater floor. <laughs> See, I went movie theater and you went dorm room. <laughs> We're clearly thinking about two different kinds of sticky. Okay, Dad, you can't call it a movie theater. You would not fall asleep in there. That's you, true. You wouldn't. Uh, you're probably Dad right. Dad falls asleep in, like, quiet, cold rooms, even though Mom blasts, like, America's Next Time Model in a room so loud. And he falls asleep in 5.1 millimeters. <laughs> or whatever. That's, a, that's <laughs> Milliseconds. I me- can't remember what you're to call. You're measuring distance. <laughs> Milliseconds. <laughs> You're not wrong though, because we they were doing uh, Studio Ghibli at a theater that's oh close to us, and I fell asleep during Princess Mononoke, and I felt kind of <laughs> bad about it. I'm not sure how long I was out because the movie's two and a half hours long. And now I am obsessed. It was like one of those videos. Dad was like one of those videos of where that where a person is on a roller coaster and they keep passing out and they keep they keep riding then keep riding oh no i didn't pass then out over pass and over out. again I, I basically fell asleep for like an hour and i woke up and it was still okay, going okay but that's but, what dad does when we watch movies but i think we're going to go back <laughs> in october and watch spirited away for halloween yeah yes so i'm pretty excited yeah, i for that. i'm very excited I, anyway that's not what we're, we're talking about we're digressing once again isabel i need you to pull out your gps and get where we are <laughs> okay you but need to be on the I did podcast Distractables watch, with Mark and Bob I did make them watch like Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service last night, and I don't know if Mom liked it. I did like it. Um, but Aiden liked it. He has already watched it. So, back to the film. <laughs> yes. One of the things that I didn't that I didn't bring up is that I like that they gave a reason for why the clowns were kidnapping people. See, did you As get that? Because I didn't get that. They were, they were food. Well, I know, but it just felt like if that was all their motive was, because the the scene that I personally found creepy was the whole puppet scene with Mooney. Right. Um, 
I know that he was kind of giving a motive there, but it, I remember thinking to myself, like, if that's it, that's kind of weak. Like they're just here to kill you all? Yeah, I mean, because every, like, alien takeover movie, you know, shit, if you go all the way into Marvel with Thanos, it's like, my planet got destroyed. In Slither, my planet got destroyed. So it just seemed like there's... In other stories where there's an alien takeover, there's a reason why they're doing this other than just treating humans like cattle. Well, I, I don't disagree with you there, but I do like it. I like it that they weren't just there killing people. Yeah. That, I mean, they did have the food thing. And they put uh, Debbie in the big candy ball balloon thing. Mm-hmm. And we never found out what they were going to do with her because she didn't. And there were other people in those, too, that we see later. Right. And we don't yeah. know why they were in there. So what were they going to use them for? I, I guess that's my my problem with with the with the story is that there's some things that I wish they would have fleshed out just a little bit more. We could have used a little bit more background on the clowns and their motivation. And I guess that comes back to story, really. Mm-hmm. That we could have used more there. Um, this is a movie that probably would have been ripe for a sequel, honestly. Yeah. I mean, they could have you did they did Predator, right? Where the Predator shows up and Arnold kills him. And when he doesn't report back in, another one goes to L.A. and right, you know what I mean. Like they send another one. So I mean, they really so we could have gotten more story done. Yeah. Uh, a sequel where we got more of that. Yeah, yeah. I but can honestly, see that. I can also see why no one wanted to touch this with a ten foot pole. So <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's how you really feel. <laughs> well, because it would be really hard to capture this again. Like it would have been so yeah. easy to screw up a sequel, especially with this one having a cult following. It would have been yeah. so easy to do it wrong. It's like it's like Leprechaun. Um, it's not, you know, as much as some of us really love it and it's one we grew up with, at the end of the day, it's not really a great movie. And that's why when they tried to do sequels, you know, because Warwick Davis obviously had such a fantastic performance and he was the big draw. But if you don't have a good enough story to begin with and you go in... And you just kind of, and you don't have the same team, you don't have the same budget, you're just going to kind of keep pumping out shit till you end up with Hellraiser Judgment, you know what I mean? You mean Bloodline? No, not Bloodline, you shut your mouth. Um, Hellraiser in Space? No. Yes. No, I still love that movie, but I'm talking about when you get to like Great Value Pinhead, who's all puffy-faced and all that. Oh, that's not nice. (laughs) You know, just I'm just saying, like, there are directors that have taken, uh, well, I mean, let's just talk about James Cameron for a moment. To be fair, though. Don't sue us, James Cameron. He can't <laughs> no. hear you. He's at the bottom of the ocean right now. <laughs> to be fair, though, he did take up the mantle from films that were already good to begin with. So maybe that's not a fair analogy to make. But there could have been a director that said, hey, this movie was kind of kind of good, but I think I can improve upon it, you know. Let's do that. But more often than not, they usually just end up kind of going dog shit from well, that's what I'm saying. each subsequent <clears throat> sequel. This one could have used a sequel to give us more of the background. But it would have been so easy to screw it up, I can see why no one did. That's that's it. Right. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, basically, oh my gosh. So what Mom was talking about earlier, basically how there's some really weird scenes in the movie with the little cocoons or whatever, where someone gets in them and then you don't see them for the whole rest of the movie. What I thought was interesting and one of those scary scenes that included that was when one of the clowns went in there. I can't remember his name, though. 
Um, he went in there and he had his big, long, twisty straw. I think that might have been Jumbo. Maybe. I thought his name was Fatso. But... Or Fatso. It's one, it's one of the heavier set ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he got us really... We're body positive in this house. <laughs> really long, twisty straw and... There was some red stuff coming out of it, and I thought, well, maybe it's blood, but it had little tiny bits of stuff oh, in it. Oh, I thought you were talking about the scene in the jail. You're talking about the bendy no, straw. yeah. Oh, okay, because I, I was sitting there going, I want one of those straws. I know, I love <laughs> it. I would love to have that bendy straw. <laughs> Me too. But, Remember yeah. when those used to come in cereal? Yeah. <laughs> those were one of the scenes that I thought was really interesting, because you don't know what's coming out of it, and I'm never saying that again. Um... <laughs> See, I thought that was cool that they were turning yeah. people into human Capri Suns. <laughs> See, I was like, do you suppose that's cotton candy flavored blood? <laughs> like, I have no idea, but it, I thought it might have been coming like, Hawaiian punch? like blood or like from the cotton candy. But why did they put the people in there in the first place if they're just drinking from the cotton candy? To keep so... them fresh? Sweeten them up. <laughs> maybe it's like, okay, you've seen Beastmaster now. It's like now. putting creamer in yeah. your coffee. You've seen Beastmaster now. So uh-huh. maybe it's like those bird creatures whenever they suck them up into their wings. Oh. And then they're like, they're doing the same thing. They're like melting the body down inside of their wings and then they're slurping up the stuff. So Ugh. maybe it's the same thing. Maybe the cocoon is like like Walt and Jesse putting a body in a tub full of acid. Like the fly. The fly. Oh. Ew. But, How was I the first one to get there? Yeah, maybe maybe the cotton candy's like disintegrating the bodies and then they're just like slurping up the <laughs> human soup. So if you remember in the very, very beginning when Mike and Debbie, yeah, when they first go in there and they're like, oh, cotton candy, and they peel it back, you see right. Farmer Gene, Mean Joe Green's face <laughs> all bloody. Like he's right. being dissolved inside that yeah. cotton candy. So I wonder what the balloons are for then. If it, is this like a I'm saving this one for later kind of scenario? And now that just that went so... kind of dark. It's a clown lunchbox. <laughs> What I thought about that was that I don't think they shot her with a gun, the little pew-pew gun. Um, So they just took her. And so basically, maybe they were getting ready. They were just putting her in that so she could, like, die or something. Then they could put her in one of the little light bulbs or Uh whatever. Why am I describing it as a light bulb? I don't know. But I just thought maybe they were putting it, like, putting it in there, like, if they don't have enough room or something. Just, like, I don't know. Is that, like, cold storage for humans? Like, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I keep saying, like, it's, it's getting <laughs> annoying. It's very easy to do. I did it a lot in the beginning, too. <laughs> Say, like. Say, like, one more time. <laughs> I double dare you. If you don't stop popping that bubblegum. <laughs> I had a question. Do you think that some, like each clown had a different set of abilities or do you think they were all capable of doing the same things? I don't know because you don't, other than the use of the cotton candy gun and I guess the popcorn gun, Uh you don't ever really see duplicated powers between clowns. Right, because the one clown, he was able to make shadow puppets that actually are, can do stuff. I mean, I don't know how else to phrase it, but you, you you know, he made the big giant dinosaur that was somehow ag- 
actually able to eat people or or at least put them in his mouth and then shrink them down it didn't make any sense to me and i I realized that this is probably just having to do with the small budget that obviously the people weren't dead because he was holding them in his hands and you could still hear them screaming from his hands but then he goes to maneuver them into a bag of popcorn i mean it's alluded to but you never do see tiny people right so i was just wondering are all the clowns capable of doing this or is that you know does only one person get a balloon dog, or there you can know? be only one? <laughs> yeah. So thoughts on that? So basically, they all—you almost saw all of them, except for a few used the little, the little gun. And I didn't really see any of them use a popcorn gun, except for maybe one or two of them. But, like, again, how Mom was talking about how he made the little shadow to, like, the dinosaur eat all the little people. Um, you never see any of the other clowns do that, basically. So you don't know if they have different abilities to, like... I like to think they do, I guess. That each one has their own set of skills. They've got a certain set of skills. (laughs) Also, It's it's like X-Men, but clowns. Right. And also my next question is, what is the deal with the popcorn? Right? Because at the beginning, they're talking about the popcorn is used as a tracking device, I guess. But then later we see that from the popcorn and the hamper and floor springs into other little clowns so i wasn't sure what the deal was with that either so maybe it's a uh, a way to track your prey and also a form of reproduction i have no idea i was just i was sitting both there both of those are disturbing <laughs> i was sitting there so confused like what the hell is going on i don't i don't get it it it's not okay listen i don't need somebody to hold my hand okay i don't need things spoon fed to me but at the same time, you're throwing out some pretty wild shit here and not giving any kind of an explanation for it. How do aliens from somewhere else know what clowns are? How do they know that clowns have cotton candy? How do they know that clowns are in a big top with popcorn? <laughs> Why would anything from another planet know all of these things? How did Pennywise know? He'd been on Earth forever. <laughs> so I mean, I guess it's you true. need to, you need to take that up with Mr. King. <laughs> And I don't yeah. mean Don King. <laughs> basically, the popcorn. Take I, a shot every time Isabel says basically. Yeah. Um, we're going to yeah. need to go to... We're going to need to go to the movies. <laughs> no. Um, try not to say it. Oh, my God. Um, I, th- I honestly just came up with something like maybe the popcorn was used to, like... Maybe they shot the popcorn on them with the popcorn gun. Like, so when they run away, that the little dog could sniff it out and go find them. Because they saw a scene of, like, the little dog trying to sniff for them. Interesting. Interesting theory. And I just... I honestly didn't know what the deal with the popcorn was, too. But, yeah, that was just a little thought that I had. Okay, so I think, uh, why don't we go ahead and touch on score right quick before we start moving on into wrapping this up. So earlier when I was saying, you know, I don't really know if this movie's for me. However, I fucking love the theme song so (laughs) damn much. And I'm going to be singing that song for like a week at least. And I always do. Every time they watch it, I start singing the music. But... The, I feel like the score is very fun. It's it's obviously, you know, very circus, very clown, it, whimsical, fun score. So I, I think it's fine. But I really, really love that theme song. Yeah. So the Dickies that performed that, uh-huh. they wrote the song without ever, ever seeing the movie. Wow. Yeah. It worked. 
Yeah. It really worked. And the theme at the end where Clownzilla or the King Clown shows up, the composer actually wrote that to go in uh, Jason 6. Jason Lives? Jason Lives. Uh-huh. Yeah. Friday the 13th Part 6 or whatever. Jason Lives. And they decided to go with something that was a little more cliche. So he hung on to it and it ended up in this. Okay. But I'm all in on the score. I think it's great. I think it's yeah. it's appropriate. The mm-hmm. stings are all in the right place. I mean, yeah, it's corny. It's a corny score. I think that just adds but to its charm. it totally fits the theme of the film. Yeah. And I, I like it when a score adds to the experience. Mm-hmm. I think I may have said that once or twice. <laughs> what do you think about the music in the movie, Isabel? Um, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so... So, um, I didn't really actually listen to the music. <gasps> you are your father's daughter. The only, <laughs> I only heard the Killer Clown song at the end, really, because, so, I wasn't, uh, I showed up at the house not knowing that we were watching Killer Clowns because I was recently at my grandma's with my cousin. And I was like, oh, we're watching Killer Clowns. Okay. Because I saw the title of the movie and I was like, oh, okay. And basically I didn't get to... (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I didn't get to listen to the music um, in the intro because I was not there. I'm turning British. (laughs) What? No, there's a string coming out of my sock. Okay, I, th- I think uh, I think the general consensus is we all like the theme song. Music good. <laughs> Music great. <laughs> Music good, life good. Okay. All right, wrapping up here. Uh, Travis, what did you love and hate about Killer Clowns? Uh, okay, loved. What did I love about it? So I love the uniqueness of, I guess, the concept where the clowns from outer space. Because I've never, I'd never seen that before. Um, I liked that all the clowns were original. I think that was great. I liked the variety that you get in the clowns and their weapons. I appreciated that they gave a reason why the clowns were kidnapping people, even if it was just to turn them into juice boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the acting, and I don't like the acting at the same time. I think that the acting on the part of the people who played the clowns was great. I think that the vanilla humans were some okay and some not so good. I'm pretty convinced that Dave was trying to channel Dean Winchester, and he just failed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a really odd dynamic, again, between the three of them at the very end of this film. Uh-huh. Not that I'm judging their kink, but still, <laughs> it was a little unexpected. Uh, hate. What did I hate about the film? I hated that we didn't get more info on the clowns. Yeah. It would have been nice to get a little bit more about why they were there. I mean, other than just busting in like the Kool-Aid man. I mean, oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it works, but it would have been nice to know a little bit more about them. Right. Yeah. Um, kind of feel like there were other parts that they could have sacrificed for that. Like the whole, like the sequence with Mooney in the in the jail when he's taking all those phone calls and he thinks he's, he's got Ashton Kutcher trying to punk him. Right. The whole time. Eh, that could have been shorter, you know. You could have given me some crayon drawings of why the fucking clowns are. <laughs> Just, anyway. Uh, yeah, they could have omitted some things. But I feel like the runtime was fine. Honestly, if you'd added 10 more minutes to this film and given me more information, I still would have been okay with that. So I think that's really the thing that bugged me, is I would have wanted to know more about the why of things. How about you, Isabel? What did you love and hate about 
Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um, so, what I loved, basically, I, oh my god, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm trying not to say, okay, I liked the clowns. The clowns had to be, like, one of the best parts of the movie, obviously. They're so silly. I mean, you, you would expect a clown to be funny because they're usually, like, meant to be funny. I don't know. But, it's kind of the purpose of a clown. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't really hate anything about it. Um, but, yeah, as Dad said, I wish I had more information on, like, some of the stuff they did. And, like, yeah. Okay. Ash, how about you? Um, loved. Like we just touched on, I I love that theme song so much, so much fun. Um, I love the clowns, Shorty in particular. I thought he was he was really adorable. So cute. Um, I love their speaking voices. I I love the effects. The effects are great. Even you know even where you can tell it's low budget. I think with what they did, I thought they did a fantastic job. Um, as far as hate. Same thing. I wish we'd gotten a little bit more information because I do feel like this story is a little bit derivative of things that we've already seen. Like we said, critters and alien and all that. I just, you know, feel like it's been done before. But that still doesn't mean that it wasn't a good time. It wasn't, you know, it was still a fun ride. And, you know, I I still enjoyed it. So. We're going to have to revise our rating system. Yes. So, and Isabel is not aware of our rating system. So today, instead of the other one, MFK, we're going to call this round Marry, Date, or Kill. And what happens is it's, do you, in a Mary situation, that means that you think this movie is perfect. It is, you watch it all the time. You can't ever imagine not watching it again. Like trapped on a deserted island. I can only have one movie with me the rest of my life. Um, date is going to be, eh, I like to watch it every now and then, you know, like if dad's watching it and I'll come in and I'll watch it with him or whatever. I like yeah. to, I like to watch it sometimes, but not very often. And kill means kill it with fire. I don't care if I ever see it again. So Isabel, marry, date or kill killer clowns from outer space. Okay. So basically I don't know what you mean. So, uh, like, the movie? Yes. Is this a movie that you're going to watch all the time, only watch sometimes, or you never plan to watch it again? Only watch sometimes. So it's a date for you. You're going to call it up once in a while. How are you doing? Let's go get some chow mein. How are you feeling about it? Okay. (laughs) Travis, marry, date, or kill. (laughs) Oh, I think this one's going to be... This is a date. It's a date. I think. Okay. Um, this coming from the... somebody who wanted a blind bag so bad from Spirit of Halloween now has a shorty attached I to his backpack. I didn't want it that bad. I was just like, <laughs> hey, killer clowns. I've never, I, it was the first blind bag I'd ever bought. <laughs> and the stress is unbelievable opening one of those. Because <laughs> they've got like six little different figures that you can get. And you're like, well, what if I get the four of them that I hate? Yeah. Were you happy with getting Shorty? I was happy with getting Shorty. It's awful adorable. It's pretty I love awesome. Shorty. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get so much crap at work. I'm going to roll in there with a little charm hanging from a backpack. Or if they're cool in culture, they'll be like, hey, killer clowns, that's cool. So I will just tell you right now that that's not going to happen. 
Okay. Well, those guys are lame then. I, because if I guarantee you, if John Paul saw that, he'd be like, hey, man, that's badass. I know he would. There's <laughs> not worried about what those other guys think. <laughs> I have acceptance from my people. I need it from no one else. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. This could be... It's like the towards the front of my little black book. Okay. All right. How about you? This is a kill it for me. How dare first, you? First time ever it's a kill it. Like, look, if you guys just insist on watching it, I'll go, okay. But you'll, I may you'll pull go a crochet. Travis. That's what you'll do. I may pull a Travis and find something else to do while it's on and be like, oh, yeah, you know. Um, but to go out on my own and be like, oh, I got to watch this today. I'm in the mood for it. It's not going to happen. I mean, I love, you know, like going into Spirit Halloween and seeing all the cool dolls and pins and cups and and stuff. Those are all really neat. And you're like, oh my God, it's so cute. And I will do that. I do enjoy the movie enough that I would absolutely get the merch or give it to other people that I love, like Travis, um, or make the dolls as I have and, and am going to do it again for my friend Gary. Um, but it's just not one that I'm ever going to keep in my regular rotation. I have standards after all. No, you don't. I'm kidding. You have no standards. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> You have no standards. And you also don't have Megan's respect anymore. So how does that feel? <laughs> I'm sorry, Maggie. <laughs> how dare you yeah. disobey I the Maggie I really the think Eggie. that she ought to just light you up on uh, <laughs> She will not social even media. <laughs> but your terrible opinions. <laughs> Probably. And how they're not valid. <laughs> she's, in, she's getting me back for Friday the 13th Part 3. <laughs> Maybe. You know what, though, you bring that up? I really appreciate the level of merch that we've seen this year for Killer Clowns. Yeah. Not because it's my favorite film at all, but their merch is really cool. It is really cool. That's and what I'm saying. I would get some of this that This is shit. the first year that I've really noticed it. Yeah. Because we hit up Spirit Halloween every year. Yeah. And this is the first time that I've really seen any Killer Clown stuff show up. Or it's just really the first time you've ever noticed it. Could be that. Could yeah. be. Yeah. So, final thoughts. I think you should watch this movie. Yeah. Isabel's, mm -hmm. Isabel, you think people should watch this movie or skip it? Watch it. All right. I'm I'm also going to say, despite my opinion, I would still suggest this to anybody, especially if, you know, you're into a safe scare, a little bit more of a fun scare, or, you know, just, it's it's also got that, like, science fiction-y vibe to it, kind of fantasy thing. It's, it's one of those movies that I could see it making you feel like a kid again, almost, you know, because there's nothing... There's, that I noticed there's really only one F word in the whole entire movie. There's not any nudity or sex. So it's 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 a safe one for like that kind of entry level horror for somebody. You know, I, w I would say it's kind of one of those. It'd be fun at a party movie, a Halloween party or, you know, having some snacks and some drinks have or some whatever. Drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Have some friends over type of movie just for fun. You know, I wonder how Megan feels about you talking about. Oh, that my God. Unlike mom, I'm not disobeying the Eggy Meggy or the JP. <laughs> yeah, you're disrespecting JP too. Lala's in there too, don't forget. So rude. We love Lala. <laughs> and you just made her day. And you did. <laughs> anyway, but yes, I, I, I would say watch it for sure. Very much. <gasps> okay, so that wraps it up for us. So next week, in order for me to prove to you that there's nothing I won't do for Lala... <laughs> What wouldn't you do for her? It's a much shorter list. What would you do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> We're going to cover brain damage. Yes. And I'm going to actually watch it. 
Yes. Uh, you started it with me last time at her suggestion and fell asleep. Why would you say right that? Right in the middle. That's not okay for you to say that. <laughs> I, however, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that film. I was about to say, I thoroughly effing enjoyed it. I, I adored that movie, and I got so much more out of it than I expected to, and I might have said that last week, um, but I cannot I can't wait to talk about it. Um, we have not yet covered any Frank Henenlotter films on this channel. I don't know why, because I also... Because you're a film snob. No, I'm really not, because I also in, adore Basket Case. I love Frankenhooker. I grew up with Frankenhooker, so I don't know why we have not covered any of his you know, films yet. people can yet. interpret that statement in a multitude of ways. <laughs> <laughs> so I had never seen Brain Damage before, and when I watched it, I was so more pleasantly surprised than I expected it to be, and it might actually be my favorite and Lauder movie, if I'm being honest. Nice, nice. Well, I'm looking forward to checking it out and yeah. staying awake through all of it. You better. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's it from us here at Dead and Married. I'm Ashley. I'm Travis. I'm Izzy. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Dead and Married. A special thank you to William Rush, Gary Horton, Carissa, Kent Morton, Kate Lamp, Lala Thomas, and Podmortem for being our patrons. If you would like to support our channel, head over to patreon.com slash deadandmarried to find out how. We would also like to thank Alana Miller for composing Dead and Married's theme. You can find Alana's channel, Alana Llama, on YouTube. And last but not least, you can find us on X and Instagram at SpookyMom83 and TravisL80, as well as our official pages. Thank you again, everyone, for your support.